Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. This is episode number 163, and we are recapping our trip to Guaranteed Rate Field on the south side of Chicago, where we saw the New York Yankees take on the Chicago White Sox. Um, and it's another doozy of an episode uh, with um, some pretty major highlights. Um, but before we get into that, Jack, it is episode 163. Who is your 163 guy? Yeah, uh, why not make it somebody who played in the game we saw? Joey Gallo is my ah. number 163 guy. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, because why not? Uh, there's so much to talk about that we may not talk about the actual game. But uh, Joey Gallo was sure in it. It was cool to see the Yankees because they had a, a lineup of all-stars. Basically, there was probably I, – I didn't actually count, but there was probably seven, eight guys in that lineup who made an all-star team. Maybe, I think the only ones who didn't were Marwin Gonzalez and Kyle Higashioka. So, um, yeah, Vado, he's a guy he's, – he's truly a three-true outcome player. Last year he had 38 home runs. 111 walks and 213 strikeouts. Uh, he led the American League in walks, and he led the majors in strikeouts, and he hit 199. Uh, also plays good defense, um, so, you know, short porch uh, in right field in Yankee Stadium. So he, he's, a, he's a good fit for them, and I, I, I like him as a player, and I would probably take him on the Brewers. And they also showed a uh, an interesting statistic at the White Sox game. I mean, who knows if this was correct or not. But, uh, you know, he is from uh, Henderson, uh, Nevada. Uh, or it's actually, it says, uh, yeah, that's what it says his birthplace was. Went to high school in Las Vegas. They said he is the uh, all-time leader in Nevada, the state of Nevada, for uh, amateur home runs. Um, with uh, I think they said he had 65 when he was in high school, so mm. that's that's pretty crazy. So yeah, good for uh, good for Joey Gallo. I wonder if he thinks highly of himself because of that. I wonder if he hit more than 200, 200 in, <laughs> yeah. in high school. But that's a good point. Yeah, um, that's uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I guess like with the glut of uh, high school or of, of of players who came out of Vegas uh, the last couple of years um that's pretty that's pretty impressive mm-hmm. um yeah i mean uh i like gallo enough like he you know he he hits a lot of homers he hit 41 homers his first full season um yeah i just the the average is just so like staggering but a 206 career batting average um but uh i guess if mario mendoza hit uh you know uh averaged about like 40 homers per <laughs> per season i guess they probably wouldn't call it the mendoza line <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Gallo definitely is like the modern-day Adam Dunn. I mean, not that Adam Dunn played that long ago, but he sure is. Um, so, yeah, I uh, figured we'd, we'd get that one in there since, hey, you know, uh, we, we just we just saw him. Uh, who, yeah. Who's your 163 guy? Uh, Jack, well, I have another former Cub uh, from the uh-huh. 80s. Uh, I have Scott Sanderson. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm uh, not, not too familiar. Okay, yeah. Um, so Scott Sanderson, yeah, 130 or 163 career wins. Uh, versus 143 career losses, a 384 career ERA. Um, pretty good numbers overall uh, for his career. Uh, didn't re- didn't really strike out too many guys, but um, let's see. His his whip was a career 125. So uh, kind of, I mean, that's 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 pretty that's good, but not great. Um, but uh, yeah, like played 19 seasons. Um, 
six with the Expos, six with the Cubs, and then bounced around to you know a handful of other teams uh, in like the like '90s essentially. Um, but I remember him as a Cub pitcher in my childhood, and um, yeah, like uh, just uh, he was a tall righty, uh, six foot five, one ninety five. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like I just remember him as like a, a very solid pitcher. Um, uh, for the Cubs, who were not a very good team at the time, his lifetime uh, Cubs numbers are 42 and 42 with a 3.81 ERA. Um, so that's pretty good, considering that most of those teams were were trash. Um, so uh, he was on the '84 Cubs. So that 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 was like uh, he was. I, I mean, okay. So I don't know. He was on the two playoff teams that the Cubs had. You know, in like the in in the decade of the 80s so i guess maybe that is good i don't know comparatively but uh didn't seem didn't seem like the cubs were good at that point um but uh but yeah he was a solid guy all around um sadly uh he passed away uh, in 2019 i think he might have had like brain cancer or something uh died way too young at age 62 um so it was it was a sad sad to hear that but uh yeah i just remember him as a very solid cubs pitcher from the 80s Nice. Um, I like it, Jeremy. And yeah, he also played with the White Sox, too. So he's another one of those guys that played with both teams. Yep. Um, Went to Vanderbilt, uh, too. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it was the pitching factory it was, uh, you know, back in the 70s when he was going there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. Well, Jeremy, we have a lot to cover in this game. Uh, I think think you even said it uh, last Thursday when we went to the game. Um, But, like, thank God for the White Sox. Um, You know, God God bless the White Sox uh, games. Because without them, you know, we don't know if we'd have enough juice to continue this podcast. But no matter how many times you go to the well with these White Sox games, um, you know, it just it, it never dries up. And, and like your cup will runneth over with these <laughs> games. And so that's that's what happened um, yep. for this game. Uh, we might as well not bury the lead, Jeremy. Yep. Um, I think we should talk about this first because it's the most important thing that's maybe ever happened in the history of this podcast. But <laughs> I, uh, I got a foul ball. At this game. That's right. Jack yeah. had a foul ball. First ever foul ball um, off the bat of DJ LeMayhew uh, in the uh, uh, the top of the uh, eighth inning. It was the top of the eighth, right? I think it was the top of the ninth. Wasn't yeah, it? no, you're right. It was the top of the ninth. It was the top yeah. of the ninth. So uh, I, I, like, I'd like to thank Joe Kelly for this uh, for this foul ball. Um <laughs> Uh, the white the White Sox had uh, thank the White Sox have been losing the entire game. Um, the Yankees kind of just jumped out and punched him right in the mouth. But uh, thanks to some poor bullpen management by Aaron Boone, uh, the White Sox got back in it and, and tied it in the bottom of the seventh at seven to seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the top of the eighth, Joe Kelly came out for his second outing as a White Sox, and uh, he got the first two outs, and then he just proceeded to completely. Crap the bed, uh, like like few have done in the history of this podcast as far as relievers go. The Yankees scored; they had a, a seven-run rally with two outs. Um, it was it was quite unbelievable. Tony Larusa literally said he had to see it to believe it. Um, I don't know that he saw it. I don't know if he was asleep, and that's why it took him so long to <laughs> take Joe Kelly out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the yeah seven-run rally with two outs for the Yankees in the top of the eighth. All of a sudden, a seven-to-seven game is a fourteen-to-seven game, um, and after the uh, inning ended, uh, White Sox fans just left. They stormed out. And it wasn't one of those, like, uh, you know, yeah, let's leave to beat the crowd type of type of people leaving. It yeah. was like 
the vibe you got was like they were leaving this game in protest. Um, it, it looked like a like the a downpour started. You know when it when it starts yeah. raining and you see everyone get up and walk up the aisles. Like it looked like that, but it was dry as a bone. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, and, and it's also amazing to me that one guy this this time it was Joe Kelly can just clear out clear out thousands of people from a stadium. He walked the room like the comedians say. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so uh, there were there were people all all around our section. The, the announced crowd for this game was only a little over twenty thousand, but um, you know there there were people right right next to us, all around us, and and all of a sudden there were not not any longer. Uh, and I said to Jeremy after this happened, I said, well, hey, like, you know, this is kind of a good, would be a good time for a foul ball to come over here. And sure enough, in the top of the ninth, DJ LeMahieu hit one that landed literally in the seat next to me um, where there had been people 10 minutes before. And this ball landed. It took a perfect ricochet, finally. I mean, I've had, you know, we both had close calls before. Yep. We finally got one that just, like, it, it hit the seat and it just died Right, right where it was. And so this ball was right there, and I fell on it like a football player, <laughs> like a defensive football player recovering a fumble, like a yeah. lineman a li- or, or an offensive lineman recovering a fumble. Um, yeah. There was no one else around me, but I, st- I fell on this ball. I got it, and then I, I had it in my hands, and I held it up, and I just I, – just in – Jeremy, I don't. I don't get too emotional at games. You know this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're you're the one who who usually gets you know all pumped <laughs> up and you know runs down the aisles when the Cubs hit a home run. I I don't really show that much emotion at at games. I held this ball up and I yelled at the top of my lungs as loud as I could. Yes, I finally gotten one. And then uh, you know people were people were happy for me. The few the few people around us who were left. And then and then I said, I'm 36 years old. Uh, and, and even even and even in that moment, it felt like kind of an overshare. But um, and then yep. and then there was this guy and his girlfriend that were sitting a couple rows in front of us, and you know they they were they were happy for me. And the guy points at me and goes, "Man, you're 36 years old. You've been waiting your whole life for this moment." And I, I went, "Hell yes, I have." Uh, <laughs> and so it was it was it was amazing. Uh, the ball is cool. Um, it uh, you can see where it got hit uh, with the bat. Uh, the, the, like the, the print on it, the official major league baseball thing is like, it's half, uh, half smeared, yeah, it's uh, which battered. is, which is, yeah, yeah. It's, it, which is, it's, it's awesome. Um, and then after the game, some girl comes up to me or like, it, like it was in the bottom of the ninth or whatever game was yep. about to end. And, uh, the, the, some, some girl who was sitting, uh, you know, so- sitting in the seat next to us, and, you know, she was maybe 25, 30. Uh, she, she comes up to me and she goes, Hey, like. I don't suppose I could get you to give me that ball. And I said, nope. And she says, what if I paid you $30? And I said, it's not for sale. Uh, and, and then you said, Jeremy, what did you say to her, Jeremy? Well, I said, uh, I said, did you hear what he yelled? And she's like, no. <laughs> and I said, he yelled he's been waiting his whole life for this. And she's yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, she, she, she had no, no idea. Like, no idea the situation that she walked into. Um, like I, I would not, I I was thinking like if I would go under a thousand or like what it would take for me to sell this ball, what you said was probably accurate, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's to get me to sell this ball. It would be more than anyone would be reasonably willing to pay for a DJ LeMahieu foul ball and a, a May White Sox Yankees game. So yeah, not for sale. Uh, but yeah, I got, I got a goddamn foul ball. No one can take that away from me. (laughs) That's absolutely true. Um, so yeah, I mean, this was a huge moment. Um, 
I guess just to go back to that girl really quick. Yeah, she's like, you know, she tried to offer you $30. And I, I, in my mind, I was like, lady, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> there is no way that he's selling this ball. I mean, no way that either of us would sell a ball like in that situation. I mean, no. it's abs- like it's it's ridiculous. It's like saying like, hey, can I buy you know the the Eiffel Tower from uh, from France for like you know thirty bucks? Like it, <laughs> it it's just it's it's just absurd to even have this conversation. Uh, she goes like she said, what are the chances of you selling me that ball or giving me that ball? And like I would I was gonna say like negative a hundred. Uh, and yeah. you said um, 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 uh, zero. <laughs> is that is that what I said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And nice. I was like, I'm like, no, he, he didn't go negative. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and I like I was I wanted to fight that battle for you. Like I I was like I'm like you're crazy. Like lady, just turn around. You have no idea what you're what you're trying to ask here. Um, and like I was like, oh no, I gotta let Jack like you know uh, adjudicate this situation. I can't, I can't like insert myself. But it was just like it was a complete non-starter. Um, so it, it was funny. And then she said like she did. Then she she did like small talk you for a little bit. She's like, oh, you've been waiting your whole life. And she, the way she was saying it, it almost sounded like sarcastic, but it it wasn't. She was just she kind of had like a weird disposition to her, but like. And and you're like that's right I've been waiting my whole life or whatever yeah. and uh, um, and then she's like okay well uh, enjoy or something or she's like well I had to try and, and then she just like kind of went back and shamed to her section and we were just wondering like what what scenario could have happened that she needed this ball so bad that she didn't catch that she and then she was gonna pay Jack thirty dollars for it like what unless she promised like her dying brother or something like on his hospital bed, like, don't worry, little Billy, I'll get you a ball. <laughs> like, I'll bring you back one. Like, I don't understand what she could have wanted that ball for. Um, so yeah, yeah. That, that was absurd. And, and Jeremy, you know, thank you for remembering this. She did, she did lead off with, uh, what are the chances of you giving me that ball? Um, right. I don't know if she just phrased it poorly and she always intended to offer me money for it. But I think, you know, just if we're going to take this strictly at face value, she was asking she was asking me if I would give her the ball. That yeah, was the yeah. first thing I heard. And it's, sure. I'm not going to give you this ball. Are you are you crazy? Um, yeah. And then, it, you know, she just kind of threw thirty dollars out there, which maybe for a, a, you know, a person who's not us might seem like a, a maybe a good amount for a for a foul ball. I mean, to quote uh to quote Mr. Chris Bryant Bobblyhead like that would buy me some cocktails. <laughs> um, but it's it's not even really enough for that. Uh yeah, it's you know, it's 30 bucks isn't going to get you very far these days. So uh you're you're right, Jeremy, complete non-starter, but it, it almost it almost added to the experience cuz it it was like you got to see right there immediately what the value of this ball was to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't even know what I would sell it for. Like, if if I was in your situation, like, right. I mean, even like if you got a thousand dollars, like, it's like, I, I mean, that's absurd because no one would ever pay that. But it's like, I, it's just, yeah, it's it's completely a non-starter. But um, yeah, so that happened. Uh, yeah, no, she was trying to get it for free from you because yep. she assumed that maybe you didn't care or something. But right. um, but yeah, so that happened. I, I one time I was uh, leaving a Cubs game, Jack, back in like the really crazy bobblehead days, and uh, I was just trying to amass as many as I could. 
these are back in the days where, where my dad would would scam sure. the system and go through multiple times. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think we've ever really talked about that on the podcast. Maybe we did like season <laughs> one or something, but um, I made hundreds and hundreds of dollars on those bobbleheads back in the yeah, day. Jesus Christ! But um, one time we were walking back to our car and we walked by like a, a like a beer garden patio thing, and like there was a group of like twenty something like girls like sitting at a table just like drinking after the game and and one of the one of the girls had like i think it was a chris bryant bobblehead or yeah and um she was like i was trying to buy some some extra ones and uh i like leaned over like the the fence uh and i said like hey you know would you sell me that bobblehead and she's like how much and i'm like uh 20 bucks and she's like sure and i just like i, I handed her a 20 and, and walked off with the bobblehead and then i turned around and sold it for like a hundred uh, but like uh, but yeah, I, you know, I'm not that kind of guy to do something like that, but I guess for an $80 profit, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking about what, what you call the truly crazy bobblehead days. Um, you, you would go to a Cubs game and try to get a bobblehead and it was just like, you know, Mad Max, like the scene where the warlord is doling out rations to the, <laughs> the masses. It was, it was bad. I don't know if it's still like that. I, I don't know either. There was one like last weekend and I just, I didn't even try and it's like, yeah, it's a different era, I guess. I mean, like, yeah, I still like it was a David Ross bobblehead and I'm like, that would be cool to have. But I just like I guess I just don't have it in me anymore to like do the wait in line thing. Like, sure. Um, I think they're doing like a wisdom one later, which might be cool to have. But like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Um, so those those I don't know if it's crazy. Like, it, I, I can't imagine it's as crazy as it used to be, but I, I'm sure it probably is pretty crazy. Even in the White Sox game uh, where I got that. uh you know, whatever day, uh, day of the dead bobblehead. That was yeah. pretty crazy at, at White Sox. So yeah, who knows? Well, anyway, you can't put a price on sentimental values. So, uh, this is cool. Um, you know, Jeremy, hopefully, uh, you can, you can get one, uh, maybe later this year too. We, 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 we hit our over under for this one too. I think we our did. over under was 0.5 foul balls at a game. We we got one. I mean, and we've been sitting in the same section, uh, and it was the same section we sat in for the Angels game, and like the ball went essentially the same place where that that Mike Trout one that the uh, the Japanese uh, tourist did. guy got. So like that seems to be like a proven spot. So like I think we're gonna try to keep sitting in that in that section. Um, yeah, you mentioned like maybe I'll get one. Like you know, rewind back a couple seasons, uh, and it was against the White Sox Yankees where I got that that ball that Tim Anderson threw into the stands where I reach in front of Jack to take it. Um, and, uh, so after that happened, Jack, after you got this ball, um, you yelled, I'm 36. <laughs> and like, yeah. um, uh, the, there was a guy next to me who we'll talk more about later, but I heard him kind of like mumble something under his breath. Uh-huh. I feel like he said something like, oh, I wouldn't be young. I'm 36, <laughs> something like that. Um, and, uh, I like leaned over to him and I'm like, Hey man, or I, I, he said something like, Hey man, you know, congratulations or something. And, uh, and I leaned over to him just like for the sake of conversation. I'm like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I, I stole one from this guy a couple of years ago. So I'm glad <laughs> he got this one. So yeah. I think we're, we're good to go now. But, uh, and he was like, Oh yeah. Oh man. And, like, that's crazy. And then we started talking and he was, turns out he was a Cubs fan and we were like, we talked for like, you know, I don't know, a couple, like a batter or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't hear exactly what he said, but I felt it was it had the the tone of something like I don't know if I'd be yelling that or something. Well, so. hey, you know what, Jeremy? However, the fuck old that guy was, I look better than him. So you know, if sure. if that's what he said, you know, if if he was nice, <laughs> then I take it back. But well, um, he yeah, he was he was getting on my nerves prior to that exchange, which we'll get into. 
um, sure. later on, I suppose. But well, you said you said the, these seats were a proven a proven section, Jeremy. That I mean, they're proven for more than foul balls. Um, and I, what I, I think we should start getting to some of that. Uh, first, there were a few hijinks though uh, as we were on our way to the the stadium. Um, Jeremy, yeah. how did how did you end up getting these these White Sox tickets anyway? Well, so um, I got them on um, our usual site. I sure. Think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing about White Sox tickets is like fucking weird. It's like, okay, so these days, like, if, okay, if you buy a Cubs ticket, you buy it from the Cubs, and then it shows up in the the ballpark app, the MLB ballpark app, mm-hmm. and it's easy peasy. Like, you just show the ball, you punch up the ball, the app at the gate, you show them the ticket, they scan it, and you're in. For these White Sox tickets, like, they go through Ticketmaster, so like. Sometimes I've had game and th- had games like within the last like within this season and like last season, like you buy a ticket from this like third party seller that we go to, and sometimes it'll show up through the Ticketmaster app. Sometimes it shows up like through like a different app. Like there's all these different methods where you can buy and scan your White Sox tickets, and it just seems like a mess. And it seems like MLB kind of like funneled everything over to the MLB app to make it easier. And somehow the White Sox are still just not on board with that. Like, you can scan it through this third-party app that we get. You can scan it through, like, this, like, you... I think I uploaded them. I, like, I accessed them through Ticketmaster, but then I saved it to, like, my Apple wallet uh, on my iPhone. But then you can also, like, sometimes you can pull it up on MLB Ballpark. Sometimes you pull it up on Ticketmaster. And it's just, it's kind of all over the place. And, like, of course the White Sox, like... (laughs) don't have like a system down or have like, like a bunch of of like kinks in the system. So that's one oddity about like going White Sox games. Like this one in particular, I think I accessed it through Ticketmaster and then was able to save it to like my Apple wallet. And I don't know. It's like cub, the Cubs were doing that like four years ago until they moved over to the ballpark app. So it's just all backwards. It's, it's just weird and backwards. Um, we were on the train though. We we managed to uh, we were both kind of like working from home that day, so we managed to like um, head down together, and uh, we got on the train. Uh, eventually, got on the red line. And Jack, I don't know if you saw it, but um, I think you saw it, but we didn't really remark on it. But did you see that kind of like chubby White Sox fan with like the crazy long hair? Yes, yes. Now I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he ha- he was like a shorter kind of stocky guy. Um, had a, a '80s White Sox road jersey like long black hair and like glasses and a hat. And, um, he was a white Sox fan, but we were going, um, we were, the Cubs had just, um, faced, uh, uh, Mike Clevenger. And so in my mind, I'm like, I'm like, what would this guy's name be? Um, if he was like a rain delay, you know, theater, uh, personality. And I, I, the best I could come up with was nerd Clevenger. (laughs) (laughs) So that was nerd Clevenger. Um, yeah, I like it. That that guy is the reason I said to you, um, you know, and I said this sincerely, like, oh, man, I, I wish I hadn't worn a hat tonight. I'd like to get one of those, like, 80s White Sox hats. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I saw that guy, and it made me think of that. So yeah. there you go. Definite, definitely uh, on my radar screen. He had, he had the vibe of a guy who was kind of going to a game by himself, but um, yeah. I don't know if he ultimately ended up at the game or not. Yeah, I think he went to the game, but I don't know, like, he, he was on his phone the whole time, and I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah, I also got the feeling he was, like, trying to text someone to be like, hey, meet me at the game, like, I have an <laughs> extra ticket or something, I don't know, but, um, but yeah, so that happened, uh, we were also on the train, and, like, 
we were on the red line and, and the red line is just a fucking, it's just a shit show. Like there's no other way to put it. And yeah. it doesn't matter what time of day. Like we were going down there. It was a seven ten start. We were going down early. It was about like five thirty ish or something. Yeah. Uh, five forty five. And, um, just, yeah, this guy, this guy came up to us and like, um, was he came, I, I, I think it was the same guy, but okay. But two, two people, like people passed by us twice and asked for money. And like the one guy, the guy was like, you know, yelling crazy yet loud stuff at the end of the train, like, <laughs> and then he, then he like, then, it, then beat. And then he like walks up the train. He's like, Hey, you got a couple bucks. You got a couple bucks. Hey. And like, and whatever. And then he goes, he passes through to the next train car and he disappears. Then another guy, then this guy comes back. Like he had gotten out of the train, walked on the platform and got back on the train during a stop, which people do, which I mean, not everybody does, but <laughs> these crazy people do whatever. And, um, he came by us again and then I'm, I think it was the same guy. Maybe it wasn't, but, uh, he goes like, what, what did he say? Did he just outright ask for it, Jack? Yeah. He just, he just, he asked us if we had 20 bucks. Yeah. He's like, Hey, you got 20 bucks. <laughs> and I was said I I don't even I don't even know if I responded verbally but I just like shook my head and then he like kept walking and Jack I think you said something like uh well go big or go home or something Yeah like that. I said go big or go home and I think Jeremy you said uh I'm not going a, a penny over 1998 or something yeah. like that Yeah exactly <laughs> So um yeah or no and then I also said like it's oh man I all I have is this 100 <laughs> that's right so um so yeah so that that happened um uh but it's just it's classic uh red line that was uh, surprisingly before the game uh you know talk about like after the game is a whole other story oh yeah there were there were more hijinks after the game but yeah that that's just like red line bingo you know like somebody crossing between train cars like that that happens every single time you're on the red line it's it's annoying and it's it's seedy as hell yeah, for sure. Um, so we we get in. Um, you know, we kind of took a note from the uh, from the Angels experience, and so I went ahead and I just pre photoshopped our tickets um, to uh, to show like the 100 level instead of the 500 level, so we had no problems getting to the 100 level. They were checking tickets again, and right when you get up like the main stairs, like the main entrance, there's a there's like a walkway into the 100 section, and it was like crazy packed. It was like a complete like bottleneck with fans trying to get through this one or two people like checking tickets. Um, and we stood there for a second and we're like, this is ridiculous. And you walk about, what is it, Jack? Maybe like, it's like, like a quarter of a block, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe 10, maybe 10 yards. Yeah. Um, I'm bad at, uh, uh, yeah. Or like you're 20 yards. It's, it's a, it's a less than one minute walk. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, in the equivalent of a baseball stadium, it's like you walk right to the right, you know, yeah. like just right over to, to the just over to the right. And like there's another entrance and there's nobody there. No, like leave it to White Sox fans to just be backed up like this and not look for an alternative way to get in. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the, the lady who was like not not I don't want to say she was scanning tickets, but looking at tickets was like. There's another entrance right over there. Um, we we kind of beat whatever crowd actually. Oh shit! I didn't even hear her yell that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they were they were trying to be like you fucking idiots. Like there's you can go somewhere else. Like you lemmings. Like just go go anywhere else. <laughs> right, because um, it would be that would be a relief to the workers too. It's like yes. please, like there's there's two hundred there's 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 more than two hundred people there. I feel, uh, and there's nobody there. Just please go over there, help us out. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, the person wasn't. Uh, every time we do this, there's that little moment where you're like, oh, "Are they going to start doing their jobs effectively?" But like, no. They just like they glanced at the fake tickets you made and just let us right in. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was terrific. Uh, hopefully, that's just the vibe all year. Yeah. Um, last year, the White Sox were actually good, so they did start scanning tickets. But I'm kind of hoping that uh, you know that that doesn't happen. Um, we got there right around dinner time, so uh, we both got some food. Uh, I got a, a Polish. I was looking at the foot long, but I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger this time. I, but I, I got. I got to find it. I just didn't feel like taking a long walk. Um, Jeremy, you got a pierogi. Yeah, I was. Um, uh, I, I I had the pierogies last time, and uh, um, you know, made it my mission to get them this time. Um, it's been several years since they've had them at, at uh, the South Side. Um, so I was, I was happy to get them again. I think, I think the only two places you can get pierogies are, um, at the White Sox games and at the Pirates games. I don't know if they have them at Milwaukee. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I got them. Uh, I have to say they, I mean, they were only like, they were like seven bucks or something, which I mean is expensive, but not for the ballpark, but I only got three of them. I, I wonder if like they were supposed to give me four. I believe in the back in the day they would give you four pierogies, but it looked um, like a small order. Yeah, it was it was a little less than I would have wanted. I mean, I guess it worked out because I kind of wanted to get more food anyway. Um, but uh, but that kind of solidified that I was going to eat some more food. Um, but uh, I got them, and uh, they came with like um, onions, uh, so that was really good. Uh, although, like, I I don't know if Jack, if like I had to lean in and talk to you close a couple times, <laughs> I, hope, I don't know if I was throwing you know, any onion breath, but um, it was pretty intense. Um, there's no f- knives. There's just forks. So I kind of had to like eat, like, like fork one, take a bite, and then put it back down. Uh, that wasn't necessarily the most convenient. And I was also searching for a fork, and I forgot to get napkins. So that was also not ideal. Um, also, there's no like sour cream. I like sour cream with my pierogies, but whatever. You know, at a, a ballpark pierogi, you can't be a, a, a you know beggars can't be choosers. Um, beggars pizza, but, um, (laughs) but anyway, so I was like sitting down and eating these pierogies and it, I just had like a black plastic fork and I don't think you saw when this happened, Jack, but I, I took one of the pierogies and I like forked it and I took a bite and I bit down on one of the tines of the plastic fork and I pulled it out of the pierogi and half of it was gone. Oh, did you did you swallow the the fork at all or well the, so the tine? yeah so then like um I'm like ah fuck and, and <laughs> I believe it or not this is <laughs> this happened to me before yeah. uh, this is my first rodeo with a broken plastic fork tine uh-huh. um so I had a bite in my mouth and like I had to like like laboriously chew every like centim like every like oh. millimeter of like the food in my mouth to make sure that the piece of fork wasn't in there. And I literally like chewed it like I think they say you're supposed to chew like each bite like 50 times or something. And like, you know, you obviously don't do that. No one human normal person does that. But I, I anyway, I like bit every like millimeter of this food and I couldn't feel the the, the tine. And I'm like, how is it not in this bite? Yeah. And uh, so I had to just swallow and it was like, Ugh, that's uh, I feel unsettled. <laughs> Like, yeah, completely sure. unsettled. And then I, I'm like, maybe it's in this other piece, but I don't imagine like how I bit it. How could it not be in the piece that I bit? Um, <clears throat> and then I tried to like <laughs> I tried to like squish the other piece to see if the, the plastic fork piece would stick out and I didn't see it. So I took another bite and then I had to like 
laboriously chew that bite and I found the, the piece of tine in that bite uh, and then I had to kind of just spit it out. But I, those two bites were completely non-enjoyable because I was trying to not <laughs> eat a piece of plastic. Um, and I'm like, I don't even want to know what I would like. I suppose it's small enough to where your body, w- it wouldn't matter. Uh, you know, I don't know if you have heard this, Jack, but there's like, they're finding like microplastics now in, in humans. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's in like have, the water yeah. and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, hey, I, this is the equivalent of maybe like, <laughs> I don't know, 50 microplastics or something. <laughs> so who the fuck knows? I probably have like the equivalent of a whole fork in my body right now. But, um, you know, I was trying to not eat a big piece of fork and like, uh, I, I don't really want to know what would have happened, but uh, I got it. I caught it, but it was not a it was not an enjoyable moment by any means. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I mean, we don't have to go into too much about like what might you know how that might come out of you, but like, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, I, I I didn't know you were going through so much over there yeah. when you were eating your progies. I th- I just thought you were enjoying them. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I was. Uh, I, I I like. I fought. I fought that battle on my own, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, uh, uh, you know, I, I think like you said, uh, you, you got some more food later, but we can, uh, we can get to that later. There was, there was a guy, um, who I didn't see and I'm kind of glad, I'm glad I didn't see before I finished my food. This this guy was enjoying his food by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I didn't actually see him eating the pizza, but Jeremy, you, you, you said to me, you were like, Hey man, did you see that guy who was eating that pizza? I was like, no. And you're like, yeah, he had like crushed red pepper just all over his face and his beard was in his beard and so i i hadn't seen him but then then he came back and i just oh god man his face was just caked in caked. red pepper it was yeah. it was gross I, i'm glad i ate before this podcast it, it was just disgusting to think about yeah and and yeah when you said on his face is an understatement because it was it was like caked on his face and there yes. was like there was it was a mixture too of, of red pepper and parmesan cheese <laughs> which is a total bummer um, and like the guy and the worst is that the guy left and like, I, we, I was telling, I was telling you, I told this to you, Jack, and you're like, you didn't see it. And I was like, yeah, man, I didn't even want to like mention it. It wasn't even yeah. like worth mentioning because it was just too upsetting. Uh, but then he showed up again and he had it on his face again and like, yeah, it was a bummer. Um, and then he kind of like, just like ambled down to like you know row 10 or something (laughs) i mean good for him i guess um and i you know i never saw him again so i assume he was probably there till the bitter end yeah um but uh but yeah that was a it was a yeah that was just too much humanity um, (laughs) you know for that moment and yeah i guess i was i was i was suffering through a lot silently (laughs) in this game in the early going yeah yeah for sure um yeah just like you said total bummer uh, the national anthem happened too, um, and this this was kind of a weird one. There were these these two women uh, singing the national anthem. They were doing a duet, uh, which is always kind of weird. Um, you know, the national anthem is usually either sung solo or like in groups of like at least four, like a you know a barbershop quartet. This was just mm-hmm. two two women doing a duet, um, but they spent the whole song. They were just they were looking into each other's eyes and and singing this national anthem as as they harmonized. Yeah. Uh, and it was, um, I don't know, it was, it was a different take on the national anthem. It, it was, it was oddly erotic. <laughs> yes. Just yeah. Say. Let's I just, mean, let's just say 
Yeah. It was very and, and the the way they sounded too, that there used to be this band in the nineties called I, I think they were called like the Coors or the the Coors oh, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Do you sure. do you remember it was like a band of women? Irish um, band, I think. It, yeah. yeah, I think they were an Irish band. Um and they it they th- these women who were singing this national anthem sounded like you know, the cores or whatever they, whoever they were. I think it was the cores. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, that, that is, uh, yeah, it was weird. Uh, Jack, I felt like they weren't really harmonizing. They were just kind of like doubling the same pitch. I feel. Yes. Yeah. I, actually. Yeah. That's, that's probably a more accurate way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. And like, they were like, yeah, they were like, they were like, you know, attractive women. They were dressed nicely. They were like longing into, they were like staring longingly into each other's eyes. Like the wind was blowing ever so slightly through their hair. They're holding big microphones <laughs> facing each other. It was it was an odd scene, and it was like it was it was a little more titillating than a, than a national anthem should be, you know. Um, uh, so it was it was odd, and and of course no one there bats an eye at it. Like I feel like we were the only two people like who were like mm, this is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so just another White Soxism, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> so I think we uh, I think now is the time for us to get to our fan of the game. Yeah. Um uh definitely. So he he made it he made his presence known right from the start. Actually, I think before um before he even officially said anything, he was sitting about three or four rows in front of us. Uh mm-hmm. you know, he he was a big guy. He was a big guy, but he yep. had on an Adam Engel jersey and it was an Engel was it number 41? It was 41, which I I, yeah. I would propose that maybe that should be his nickname is 41. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> but um yeah, an Adam Engel and we looked it up on baseball cuz Adam Engel was in the lineup, and he's he's wearing number fifteen. And um, we looked it up on Baseball Reference, and he wore forty one. Like I think his rookie year, probably like when he, they first called him up, and then when he got some dirt in his cleats, he you know he probably got like a, a better number or whatever. Um, so this guy had a real Adam Engel jersey, like a real like authentic one, um, and he must have gotten it like you know early. He got in early in the Adam Engel memorabilia game. Yeah, uh, he just saw Adam Engel and was like, "I need to, I need to get this guy's jersey." Um, also, like, I, I think we say this every time Adam Engel is uh, brought up on this podcast, but he he's still with the White Sox. Um, he was in their starting lineup. Just just a guy who would not exist if the if the White Sox did not exist. Just a just yeah. another like just another bizarre White Sox thing that he just seems to be on the team indefinitely. Like no matter what, no matter what happens, he he'll he'll just he'll be there. Um, yeah. So this Angle guy, uh, you you said to me, Jeremy, you were like, oh, I, th- I think this guy might might be a character. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, just right from the jump, the guy was uh, the guy was into it. Um, he uh he, he was he was doing he started yelling he was a yeller and he yeah. he, he did the age old hey better 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 swing every time yeah. every time every Yankees, pitch every pitch every pitch he was doing it at at one point too he said uh, after Cease like got a got a called strike or maybe maybe it was a swinging strike uh, he yelled hey nice pitch Cease throw it again. <laughs> Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, exactly. Because yeah, like like you said, Jeremy, the the key to being a good major league pitcher is just to throw the exact same pitch again if it if it works for you. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so that was happening. Um, he, but I yeah. I will say, Jack, he um before I think it was before the game, there was a group of three people um in between us, like they were in the row um I think in front of us, but all the way to the left. Angle was like slightly, he was kind of like directly in front of me, but like two or three rows, like. I guess if those people were like, maybe those people were two rows in front of us, and he was three row angle was three rows in front of us. But he he turned he was definitely like, well he was 
definitely looking around for people to talk to. Uh, but at one point he like leans over to the people, the, the group of three um, behind him. We should mention it was like a guy. It was like three people in a row. It was a guy, a girl and a guy. I think like the, the people on the right, the guy and the girl were on a date or they were together or something. And like maybe it was like her friend uh, on the left of them. Um, so it was a weird dynamic to begin with. But um, he leaned over to him and was just talking to him. And like they clearly had wanted to have nothing to do with this guy. But I heard him say something like, well, how, how many strikeouts do you think he'll get? Oh, um, and the guy's like, oh, I think. And I th- the guy said something like, well, you know, who, who can tell these days or something? Or he's like, he could get a strikeout or a walk. You know, we don't know or whatever. Like, he was like, he didn't just give an. He should have just said like, uh, seven. You know, like yeah, and moved on. But he he actually like engaged him like, and it was a it was a mistake. Um, and then after then like a, at some point again he turns around and he's like, so you think they're gonna win? And the guy goes like, I think that's what he said. He's like, you know, I don't know. They could win or lose. You know, who knows with this team or something like that. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna win. And then he just turned around or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was it was bizarre. And and he was he was making conversation with everybody who was around him because he he was I don't know if you noticed this, but he was he was trying to talk to the people in front of him too. Um, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And he he was he was just he was at the game by himself. Uh, yeah. Well, we clearly. should say I don't know if you were gonna bring this up, Jack, but um, after he would yell like something like "Hey, swing," he would give like a like a night like a like a like a 50 degree turn or something like or, or no like a, no it's it's 90 it's like he gave like a 95 degree turn to like look to see if someone behind him would like do something like like that they would like signify with him he would he would say it and then he would like turn almost like halfway around and look for someone to like lock eyes with them or to be like yeah all right good way to get in their head angle or something like it was just bizarre like he would do it and it was like so premeditated he would yell something and then look for like approval or acceptance from someone yeah you know he was almost almost reminds me of that guy when we went to that high school tournament the guy who was sitting in front of us like he would just kind of do a three-quarter turn and say something but he he wouldn't he he wasn't like talking to anybody in particular um Uh right some guys just need to like say stuff and do three quarter turns after yep. it. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, I never, never want to be one of those guys. Uh, yeah. John, uh, John Carlos Stanton hit a home run in the first inning. It was a crazy home run. It was, it was a line drive. Yeah. Uh, just sort of like he does to the opposite field. Uh, that was neat, but that, that shut this guy up in a hurry. He didn't, uh, he didn't say anything for about the next 10 minutes after, uh, after that Stanton homer. Then the White Sox come up to bat. They go down one, two, three in the inning, just kind of pathetically. Uh, and then he shouts, "Good first inning!" <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, so that was that was good. But then then the guy left. Uh, he he would leave, and he would eventually come back, and then he would and go sit in another section. Well, uh, I well, I spotted yeah. him. I spot like he got up, and we were like, oh, "Please come back! Please come back!" And I saw him, I looked over to the section to our left and I saw him like, kind of like, like, uh, like plodding through a row and like yes. people like just parting. Like he looked like a, a rhinoceros, like running to, like <laughs> at a fire. Don't rhinoceros is like run at fire and like put it out or something. I was going to try to describe him like, like how he looked. He, he looked like either. A, I don't, I don't know about the fire thing, but yeah, he looked like a rhinoceros that was trying to walk on two legs or like a, you know, like a dancing bear almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
Except like you know you you, you kind of think like of a dancing bear as maybe being like graceful. This guy this guy was not graceful. So he you know maybe he did look more like a rhino that was trying to stand on two legs. Um, like every every step he took, he looked like he was gonna fall over. Um, yeah, so he got up and he went to like the wrong section. He tried to come back, uh, and he did it by walking through rows, which was a bad decision. Um, when he sit, sat back down, he had a, a piece of pizza, a beggar's pizza, in one <laughs> hand and, and like a, and a diet coke in the other. Uh, and he just started wolfing this pizza down. But the thing is, he sat right in front of those three, pe- the uh, aforementioned three people mm-hmm. um, uh, from five minutes ago. And, uh, uh, like he was literally right in front of them. He had been a little bit off to the side. So the guy who was on the date with the girl, he 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 did what everybody what he did what you want to do in yeah. that situation. But maybe like just don't because you know either you don't have the guts or you don't want to be rude. He taps he taps uh, Angle on the back, and I think I think he just said the equivalent of, "Hey, can you just can you move over? Like you're right in front of us. It's very disruptive." Uh, <laughs> and yeah. so the angle the angle guy moved over. But he was kind of uh, he was kind of shamed from there on out. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> uh, and yeah, he was just yeah, like just like slobbering all over this pizza, um, <laughs> just just kind of just all out of sorts. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think here. Like he, um, what did did. Let's see. So um, I'm trying to see what happened in the game. Yeah. So Pollock in the second inning, the Sox had a rally and scored. They ended up scoring three runs. Um, they actually, well, they led at some point in that game, huh? I don't even think that, I really. That's funny. I, that. I don't. I don't remember them leading, but you might. You might be right about that. Yeah, I'm looking at my scorecard here. So they got an. They got a run in, and or they got three runs in in the second. And uh, I just remember him yelling like, "Come on, Pollock, get an RBI!" Oh <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and then like he did get, he got like an RBI double and like he gave someone a high five and he just like, it was a really intense high five. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you imagine, like if you go back to equating him as like a bear on two feet, you know, it's like a bear giving someone a high five. Um, (laughs) it's pretty intense. Um, so that happened. Uh, I, I feel like that was kind of like angles, like last stand, like he was maybe around a little bit longer, but then eventually got up again and like. He didn't. He didn't come back, and we were looking for him a lot later on in the game. I think, um, and I'm I'm just trying to make sure we didn't miss any. Like, there's nothing. Well, else. yeah, yeah. So th- there was one thing that happened a little bit later in the game, uh, and we might as well just talk talk about this now because because we're on the subject of this. Guy, oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this was around about the fourth inning, and Dylan Cease, we should say, uh, for the White Sox, was having a a crazy game. Um, I think his final line. Was four innings pitched, six hits, six earned runs, and eleven strikeouts. Yeah. So most of his outs, uh, all but one of his outs, uh, were recorded via strikeout. For so his first seven outs that he recorded. Now he gave up three runs in the process, but his first seven outs were recorded via the the K. Yeah. It, or it actually, was a, first eight actually. I think he gave up two or three homers as well. Um, yeah. So it was a just a kind of a, a bonkers outing. By him, um, but anyway, he was getting a ton of strikeouts. So this is this is about the fourth inning at this point. Um, uh, Cease already had like eight strikeouts, and the ump the ump calls a strike, like a called strike, and um, and Engel like he, he does this weird thing where he, he claps above his head and he goes <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> as if to imply like oh the ump finally called a strike. And 
I just want to say, Jeremy, it was the most undeserved Bronx cheer I, th- I think I've ever heard. Well, he um, and he actually said, "About time you called a strike." Yeah, and we just looked at each other and we're like, "All of Dylan Cease's outs were, have been recorded via strikeout. All he, of them." He that was he said that after the seventh strikeout. So it was the top of the third <laughs> inning, um, and he had yeah he had struck out the first six. I mean, you know, he he gave up hits and runs, but. Like I said, the first six outs were all strikeouts, and then he leads off the seventh inning with a strikeout against DJ LeMahieu of all people. And then he's like, "About time you called a strike." That was the seventh strikeout, folks. At that point, this <laughs> is bad. It's just bad. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's just people, White Sox fans, not understanding uh, what's going on in the game. And this this guy had an, an angle jersey on, so you'd think he would have been a little bit bit smarter than that. But I guess I guess not. Yeah. Uh, it was good stuff, though. Um, we, we saw the uh, typical White Sox scoreboard. So, you know, you made a funny comment, Jeremy. Uh, you know, there was all sorts of stuff wrong with the scoreboard. It said that Marwin Gonzalez was drafted in the first round by Boston in 2011. Uh, that's wrong. He's, he's been playing professional baseball since 2005. Um, Anthony Rizzo, it said years with KC, 2021-22. Um, so you mentioned it. It's like this weird baseball version of Wardle, or not not baseball version, just this this weird scoreboard other version, version of yeah. scoreboard Wardle, where the the White Sox list wrong statistics, and you, for for a player, and and you have to try to figure out which player they actually mean. Yeah. Um. I think for the Rizzo one, I would actually suspect they meant Carlos Santana. Well, the Rizzo one was, they just they had it. The Rizzo one was was really fucked up because. They said like drafted in 2017 by I, I didn't write that whole one down, but it was like drafted uh, 2017 by so and so, and it said years with KC 2021 22. Then when he came up the next time, it actually said like drafted by Boston 2007, same year, and then it said years with New York 2021 22. So they had like the years right, but they had the teams wrong, which is like how the fuck did you mess that up? Like. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, how did you put case years with KC when you meant years with New York? Like, it's I don't know how they do it. It's crazy. The Marwin Gonzalez one tipped me off right away because it said he was a first round draft pick, and I'm like, he was not a first round draft pick. He he was an international free agent signing, and I had to actually look it up uh, to confirm it. And like, I knew he started with the Cubs too, and it said he was like drafted by Boston, and like, yeah, just it's 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 crazy. It's like it's. It, it's like they go through uh, great lengths to be wrong. It's not just like they, you know, they say like drafted by the Marlins uh, and then traded, uh, you know, uh, to like to the Yankees. It's like that would be Stanton, but they would, it, it, yeah. It's just it's just weird. Like they 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 they, they they're wrong in a very complicated way. I guess. It, yeah, um, it, you almost wonder to the point where it it just like does it distract the player who's at bat. Like did, did Rizzo yeah. like look up and see that and like here's with Kansas City like what and then yeah. you know you're trying <laughs> exactly. to hit a, a 95 mile an hour fastball like right. that, you know that that could be enough to to just make you d- distract you a little bit yeah 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 that would maybe that's a good uh, you know maybe that's a ploy by the by the score uh, board operator but uh, it's actually funny you bring that up Jack I'll just do a real quick aside um, I went to the uh, South Bend Cubs game uh, on Saturday uh, by myself um, and. Uh, you know, took in some um, minor league Cubs action. Um, they asked someone on the scoreboard, um, who, which who's the only player that the Cubs have selected first overall uh, in the MLB draft? 
And uh, the guy goes, uh, I don't know, uh, Jordan Wicks? And Jordan Wicks was their first-round pick last year. I think he was number 16 or number 19 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, – he, um, Jordan Wicks was actually like – he had started the game before. So in the minor leagues, when the pitcher starts the day before, they're also kind of like the de facto like ball boy um, for the game the next day. So Jordan Wicks was like – he was in the dugout – or in the, in the bullpen, and he was coming back to the dugout as they were asking that guy the question. And I saw Jordan Wicks walking, and – the guy goes, uh, I don't know Jordan Wicks. And I saw Jordan Wicks like shake his head like, nope. <laughs> like, nice. Uh, it was pretty funny. So it's, it's, I actually wanted to ask him about that after the game, but uh, I didn't get a chance to catch him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, um, it was pretty funny. So, like, that's one instance where a player uh, – granted, that's minor leagues and it's a lot smaller, but that's an instance where a player acknowledged that he heard something on the, the PA, which is kind of funny. Yeah, that is funny. Who, who was it? Sean Dunstan? It was Sean Dunstan, yeah. Nice. Glad I, I'm glad I got that. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. It's it's an interesting one. I, I I didn't realize I was their only number one pick overall, like uh, in the franchise history. But uh, especially since they've been bad for so long. But um, so yeah. So that happened. Uh, I guess it's now time to move on to some more um, you know, goofballs that were around us. Um, these people sat right behind us. This next group of people we're going to talk about, and they showed up late a little bit. Um. But they were, uh, it was weird. It was like, it seemed like they showed up in two groups, but it was like, it seemed like it was like a kid and his dad and then like a family. And, um, but the kid and his dad were like, kind of like sitting by themselves, like taking in the game together. And I feel like the rest of the family was just kind of just there, like keeping to themselves. It was weird. Um, but the dad, you heard these people, Jack, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So the guy, the guy um, sits down and he's like trying to bring his kid to the game and trying to show him baseball a little bit. And um, and the dad sits down next to the, they sit down, they settle in and they're like, um, uh, the little kid's like, so what, you know, who's wearing, who's the White Sox? Are the White Sox in gray or are they in white? And he's like, no, the White Sox are you know, wearing white or whatever. And, and then he's like, so then the guy says to the kid, he's like, Oh, here comes my favorite player. Yoan. Like Yoan, Yoan, uh, Moncada was about to come up to uh bat. And he's like, Oh, here's my favorite player. Uh, Yoan Moncada. And, uh, which is weird that the dad is saying to the little kid, Oh, he's my favorite player. He's my favorite player. <laughs> Yoan. I love him. Um, usually it's the other way around, but yeah, it's nice that the dad has a favorite player and he's, I guess he's trying to, steer his kid towards like you know a good player on the team um and but the little kid goes why why is he your favorite player and the dad goes because he's a beast (laughs) (laughs) and it's like okay um that doesn't that doesn't help me like you know is he good defensively is he good like is he good for average does he have unexpected pop for a short guy he's just like because he's a beast (laughs) it was like it was such like a odd role reversal. I'm like, maybe the guy like had like a big situation, you know, and he wished on like a tarot card, uh, you know, game to become big. And then he like, then he got big and he took like his friend from like kindergarten to the baseball game. <laughs> Cause he sounded, the kid was more intelligent than the dad. Um, yeah, and this it, was it, a younger guy too, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, at one point the kid read the name on the scoreboard, and it was uh, he read Aaron Judge on the scoreboard. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, okay. So this kid, this kid is like old enough to be able to read. Yeah, he was pretty like, 
um like verbose i guess like he was he was pretty like um uh eloquent uh and was like yeah like saying like he like understood a lot of stuff um and was like kind of like restating stuff like i can't think of any examples but um so he you know that happened um let let me just run through what what these guys did really quick i think a lot of it is right next to each other here so it's okay but so that happened he's like you know yohan's my favorite player because he's a beast then he goes then the dad says to the kid he's like aaron judge was at bat and he's like this is the best player on their team uh and it was aaron judge and then like someone throws a pitch to aaron judge and he like fouls it off and the guy the guy goes see and like as if like that was like an indication of why he's good because he like fouled off a ball like i don't know why the guy like um you know i don't know why the guy like decided that to use that as an example of why judge was good but he's like he's the best player see and it was just a foul ball um so that happened um then like i think he yelled like it was cease pitching to judge i think he yells like go get him cease or come on cease and uh and like the little kid goes like can you not yell so loud it hurts my ears oh that's funny yeah which is awesome again the kid like like totally dunked on the dad and like he was right it's like the guy was being like loud and you know again like if, if richard was there he would have been like i don't think he could hear you <laughs> This was another instance where someone yelled and got shut down by the person who they were next to. So that was pretty funny. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so then Mankata came up, I think, again later on in the game. And he was calling him Yo-Yo. He's like, come on, Yo-Yo. Like, which I've heard his nickname is, is Yo-Yo or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, again, for this guy to be telling his little kid that he's his favorite player and he's calling him Yo-Yo, it's, it's like, all right, man, just settle down a little bit. Um, but uh, then, like – something happened he was like at bat and the little kid says something like so is he good and then like he like swung and missed or maybe he struck out i'm not sure let's see if he struck out in that game um no he must have just swung and missed and then the little kid goes like he doesn't look good (laughs) and again he was like dunking on like his dad um his favorite player so it was kind of funny like again the kid would like the kids definitely seemed sharp and the dad was just like couldn't you know, articulate why Yohan Mankata was his favorite player other than he was a beast. So Yeah, it's it's a weird thing to call a baseball player a beast. You know, especially a position player. I could see maybe like a pitcher. A, typically when you think of a beast, you think of like, you know, somebody describing like a, a running back, you know, or it's like, oh yeah, yeah. you know, I, I know exactly like what that guy does. I know exactly what you mean by that. But like describing a, a third baseman as a, as a beast, like ba- baseball has too many different aspects of stuff like you know he, d- does he hit for power is he fast like is he, yeah is he a good fielder does he have a good arm like what what do you mean by that i feel like you could call like luke voigt a beast or like sure Matt adams or something like yeah you know but like norman cotta is like five foot nine 175 pounds or something like i would hardly call him a beast um <laughs> so yeah I guess he's six foot two. That's that's a that's that just goes to show he like he 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 reads a lot smaller than his actual height, um, but uh, yeah, it definitely does not seem like a beast. But no, yeah. Um. So uh. Yeah. So that 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 was interesting. That was that was a father son. Um. So those are always those are always good at these games. Uh. At least at least he wasn't uh saying to his kid, drink it. Yeah. Or, drink yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Keep drinking it. Keep drinking yeah. it. God, what a what a scumbag! <laughs> we still got to make it to a Brewers game, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, that we saw a Sox uh, promotion that we hadn't uh, seen yet. Um, it was a, a guy, a, a fan, 
trying to put together a Mr. Potato Head um, in like a limited amount of time. Like whatever they gave him, like fifteen seconds. Yeah, blindfolded. They, he had to put it together blindfolded in like fifteen seconds, and like however much he got done. Uh, it was eventually like revealed where it was one of those things where he would have to compete against a White Sox guy. So they have a canned video of Tim Anderson trying to do the same thing, put together a Mr. Potato Head blindfolded. Um, and if you can do it faster than Tim Anderson or if you get more of the Mr. Potato Head done than T.A., uh, you, you win a prize. Um, so I don't, I don't know if this guy won, but it was definitely yeah. a very strange promotion. Yeah, it was weird. Knock your socks off is what it's called, which that one actually... It's like that title actually kind of works, but like it's maybe a little too subtle. It's like you're trying to beat. It's weird because it's saying like like beat your so- like you know beat your your favorite Sox player or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, he won. He didn't do that great of a job. But then like when Tim, it was Tim Anderson's turn, he kind of like they started the clock and he kind of just like stood there and like kind of like th- pondered it for a minute. And it's like come on, like you know, are you competing? I mean, I suppose he was maybe trying to let the fan win. Um, go figure. But, um, yeah, he didn't, Tim Anderson did it with no, uh, sense of urgency whatsoever. So he did actually, uh, the fan did beat Tim Anderson. Um, but yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird, um, concept for a game. It, yeah, it was. Um, uh, yeah, it'd be funny if they had a video of, a, of one of the players putting it together, like, you know, like Liam Hendricks, just putting it together like super fast or something. Right. Um, they used, they used that one. Uh, so there, there was a White Sox uh, employee, a cook from like one of their vending stands, just sitting in our section for for long periods of the game. Um, and I originally noticed him because I looked over and I saw a guy with plastic gloves on, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, hey, I know, I know, COVID like is still around, but like, you know, I think I think we're pa- sort of past that that phase at this point. Uh, but yeah, I looked over and the plastic gloves were not, you know not pandemic related they were probably because like that's what he was using to like you know grab the hot dogs with um in the vending stand and he was just he was just sitting there watching the game yeah, and then he eventually was, he, yeah he was like taking in the whole game like he was like a you know like a fan of a, a true fan of the of the art of baseball um but he was wearing white Sox clothes and he had a name tag and um he, he had like a sticker name tag which i was like does that mean he's like a a temp like a fill-in guy or something and i was like yeah. did he like come into the game like you know and then like clock in like you know flip like a couple burgers and then go and sit in the stands and like <laughs> watch like the game the rest of the game we we saw him sitting there and he was sitting there for a while um and then later on in the game we saw him on the other end of our section uh also just you know kick back and watching the game it's like this guy clearly we thought maybe he was on his break but then when he was like in a different section, like innings later, we were like, nah, this guy just like fucking like, you know, dropped the spatula and, and just w- decided to take in the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an odd situation. He was like an older guy too. Like he, he looked like he a uh, little bit like the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't always slack off at my job, but when I do, I watch uh, baseball games. When, yeah. when you, when you think about it, there's so there's probably just so many employees uh, at a ballpark at any given night, and there's so much turnover, and it's just like new people coming in all the time. Yeah, you if you wanted to get a free baseball game out of you know like a, a free ticket to a tough a tough game to get, like you know if I was going to go to like Bucks Celtics game seven, like yeah sure man, you could just sign up to work at the stadium and with the way the labor market is, and then just go watch <laughs> the game. Uh, it's true. It's true. Um, 
the one season I worked for the Bears, uh, they told us don't stop and watch the game, and uh, I foolishly listened to them. Um, sure. <clears throat> Uh, and I would every once in a while I would try to stop and watch something, but I was like I was way too like cautious. And then there were other guys who would just stand there and watch the game, and I was like, oh, they're not supposed to do that. But <laughs> but yeah, um, and I wish I I wish I would have just I wish I would have just grabbed a seat and watched the damn game. But uh, sure. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's uh, again just a very White Sox thing, of course. Um, there were two guys in front of us, and these guys would would resurface again later on in the game, or they would like they would play a role throughout the game. Let's say, yeah. Um, it was two guys in their twenties, definitely like young, like early twenties. Yeah. Um, one guy looked like a big like ox of a guy, like a definitely like a frat dude sort of guy, like a like kind of like a a thick like. Uh, I don't know if he was muscular or just husky, but like he was like he was just a big lug of a guy. He, he uh, was that. That's a perfect way to describe it. You you said like ox. Um, yeah. Like he he's the guy in the fraternity or the guy at the house party who's just always drinking lots of beer. Yeah, um, totally. And I, I I feel like if he just stopped drinking beer, he would lose like thirty pounds. Um, <laughs> but he he was just like this guy who just looked like he drank a lot of beer. Um, and, uh, you know, he did throughout the game, he would drink four beers, but yeah, he had a, he had on a Luke Voigt Jersey, which yeah. was actually kind of perfect for him. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's why I definitely, I can't like disassociate the two. Like he looked like Luke Voigt. Yes. <laughs> I, in fact, I bet they, I bet he got that Jersey because that's the player he most resembles. It's probably not even his favorite player. Cause I mean, it was like <laughs> a, I don't know. He was a Yankees fan. Um, but anyway, so he was with, a, another guy, like a decidedly smaller guy than him, like tall, but, 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 but thin. Uh, and he had like, uh, glasses. Um, he wasn't really a nerdy kind of guy, but like, he just like kind of looked like just a regular, just a, a an average looking dude. Yeah. He, he was like a, he was like a low rent Justin Long. <laughs> That's fair to say. Yeah. That's yeah. fair to say with, with, with kind of like thicker with maybe thick glasses kind of. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was weird. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, he did look kind of look like Justin Long. Um, so, um, so yeah, they were like together and like he was, a, and so the Justin Long guy was a White Sox fan and Luke Voigt was a, a Yankees fan. And, uh, but they were like, they were friends. Um, and they were, yeah, they were, they were definitely pounding the beers for sure. Um, <clears throat> at some point, they had a friend show up and this guy w- wanders into the section and he has like a big, like a big professional camera with like a long telephoto lens. And it's, he has a monopod for the camera. So he's like a, one of those pho- photographer guys who's like in the photo pit. Uh, I'm not sure you can't just bring in a camera like that without a press pass. So he must've had a press pass. Is, is um, that right? You can't, you can't bring a camera like that to a game. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think you can bring something like you could maybe bring a regular camera, but not with, he had like that huge long lens that like, oh, yeah. professional photographers have. So I don't think you can just bring that into a game, um, without a press pass. So, um, but I didn't see any credentials on him or anything. And he was like a young guy, just like those guys. Um, and he goes and he sits down, um, in a row in front of them. And he's like, he sits down and he takes like a couple like obligatory pictures, even though like he was at a bad angle to take pictures of any of these guys because it was like kind of over their shoulder. Um, and he's like BSing with his his buddies or whatever. And he was there for a couple innings. Um, but the thing that like struck 
us about this guy is that he was wearing like these like crazy short shorts, these like sheer short shorts. It was weird. It, yeah, it, it was. And one of the first things he said to these these two other guys was he was like, he's like, yeah, so and so saw my reel, and like so and so whatever. So obviously oh, the guy I didn't was even trying. Hear that. Yeah, so obviously the guy was trying to break into the business, but it didn't sound like uh, like the outcome of whoever seeing his reel was like. It didn't sound like a good outcome. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, what was on your reel? Just just pictures of you in your Daisy Duke shorts. Like what <laughs> what did you have on that reel? Yeah, right. Um, these were like these were like like the kind of like track shorts that like you know uh dave and dan from the 92 olympics or whatever the fuck they were like like a like a track an olympic track star would wear like in a qualifying meet you know where like they don't want like baggy jeans baggy shorts like slowing them down they were like but this guy was not this guy was just a fucking kid taking photos at a game like he doesn't need to be wearing track shorts um but yeah they were really weird and they weren't they weren't the weirdest pair of shorts we saw <laughs> the rest of the yeah un- unfortunately not um yeah. but also the like you said this guy had his monopod with his with his big camera and he was he was stepping over seats and like carrying this monopod with this camera and it's like all right dude like we we know you're taking pictures at, at right. this game like we right. know you're a photographer good job like you know great job like where's fucking where's hightower from wrigley field when you need him you know <laughs> yeah to just fucking to put this like little turd in his place so uh yeah whatever he he ended up leaving but uh i i, I don't know whatever i guess i wasn't that much of a fan of the guy no it was it, it, that's i think that's a good way to put it like it's like it's almost like he like held the the camera out like extended <clears throat> be like hey everyone look at this pretty major camera here it's like all right buddy whatever you know like buy here's here's 20 bucks buy a pair of jeans um (laughs) but uh so so yeah so that happened i don't really remember at what point of the game this was this was like maybe like sixth inning or something maybe but i ended up getting up again uh for my second round of food um i ended up getting a polish um with the grilled onions i had round two of the onions uh too um, but, uh, uh, that didn't stop me. Uh, so I, I, I got a Polish and I, I was, I was gone min. I was back quick. I, I, I think I left at the be- maybe like a pitch into like an at bat and I got back right when he was like retired. Like I, I got in and out really quick. Yeah. You barely missed a batter. Yeah, exactly. And then I, but then when I come back, it's like the whole section turned over and like everybody <laughs> was new except for like. The, the two guys that we just described in front of us. Like, everyone was fucking new. Yeah. It, it was crazy. True, man. It, it, it was. Like, because a bunch of people filed in behind us. Uh, and then there there were, like, these, these again, these kids, like, these early 20s. Uh, it's kind of sad that, that I would call that a kid at this point. But, like, these <laughs> early 20s people, this whole group of them filed in in front of us. Those were not their seats. They just saw that the seats were open, so they went down there. They would They would later move all the way down. Uh, but so they came in, uh, and then Jeremy, you sat down and then like, uh, another group of people came and sat next to you. So w- within the span of like three to five minutes, there were 20 new people in this, in this section. <laughs> right. And we talk about how like, you know, these sections are just vagabond, uh, like drifter, like for people like to be in and out, like after an inning. Yeah. Those, the people. Okay. So there were, I guess before I left, there was a group of three people, a row in front of us and to our left. And it was like two women and a guy. And, um, yeah, like, again, I felt like it was like the guy and the girl were together. And then this third girl was like just a friend, like a, a tagger on whatever, a tag along. And 
Then when I sat down, my row was clear and there were two new people sitting where those three people were. And then those three people did come back, but someone was sitting in their seats when it's like when someone sits in your seat and it's not your seat to begin with, you can't kick them out. So then they just sat next to us and there were four seats next to me and I had just sat down ready to enjoy my, my Polish. I'm like, Hey, no fork needed this time. No way. I'm going to eat a piece of plastic. You know, it's going to be great. Smooth sailing. And then the, this party of three proceeds to sit down next to me. And of course, like the girl could have, they could have sat three together. All three of them are together. They could have sat right next to each other. And like, I don't know if this is some sort of sexism or something, but it's like the two women could have sat next to each other. It's not like two guys. If, if it's like a group with two guys, like probably the guys aren't going to want to sit next to each other. But like, I don't know. It seems to me like the girls would have no problem sitting next to each other, but, but no, she she actually started to sit next to her and then she's like oh no and she like went over and she sits directly next to me and um she was she was of, of a slightly larger carriage of, of person <laughs> and uh and she decides to like sit like facing her friends so she's like really in this awkward position like next to me so then i have to like lean over to my right and me and jack have a buffer seat in between each other and it was just like uncomfortable and it's like what are the fucking odds like she's they sit next to us and then she has to sit directly next to me she couldn't sit next to her friend and i was getting like um uh just squeezed in basically and it was annoying and i tried to eat my food and um you know and at this point now it really felt like the squeeze was coming in like and then we were just surrounded by just fucking uh, just a huge bunch of misfits um, at the White Sox game, um, you know, like you get one or two every so often, but this was like a convergence. And like, it was all these, like these misfits that were just wandering the game for like wandering the stands for the whole game. And then they just converged upon us and were sitting around us. And I was just like, I was just annoyed. And I said to Jack, I'm like, I wish there was like a tech technology or an invention or like a sense that people could develop where they could sense how much people care about what's happening at these games and there would be like a force field to keep them away. And I said like, you know, I wish that there would be, it would create a force field to keep these fucking idiots away from us. And I said it out loud and you, um, yeah. Yeah, you did. And that makes me think of something like that uh, a predator would have, like, you know, in the movie predator, like <laughs> yeah. they have like, you know, they can see like the heat, heat vision and stuff yeah. and they have the heat vision and they can also sense when people have like weapons and stuff. Um, you know, yeah, it's like that, that one scene in Predator where it, it doesn't, uh, uh, kill the person because it, they, they don't have any weapons on him. And, and Schwarzenegger, he like starts to put it together. He's like, they didn't kill you cause you were unarmed, no sport. Um, and like that, that's what it would be, right? It's like the Predator would see us and it wouldn't kill us because like we actually care about the game, you know? <laughs> right, um, right. but it's just like, it would just be like, uh. It, like the its sensors would just be like going overload when it would see all these other people who just don't who who just like could care less about what's actually happening on the field and yeah. let's say again too it's not Shohei Otani and Mike Trout but it's about the second best thing you could be seeing in baseball which is the most iconic franchise maybe in sports yeah maybe, like you I know outside of maybe sports, the Los yeah. Angeles Lakers or like the you know the New England Patriots or Green Bay Packers like mm -hmm. the most iconic franchise in sports twenty seven world championships and currently the best team in baseball they came into that game 22 and 8 like come on you don't want and the white Sox are trying to contend this is a potential playoff matchup yeah you don't even care about what you're watching yeah no it's just insane and so it's like 
you know, of course, obviously it's like, you know, we're always going to be annoyed at these games because we care and the other people don't, but it's like, good God, if there was just a section where like it was roped off and like you had to answer, this is my dream with the world is like, you know, with like baseball cards, like, you know, sometimes like, like Reese, like flippers, they call them like, we'll like get cards, like boxes of cards and like fans can't get them and stuff. And it's like, you should have to answer a, a you should have to take a, a quiz and like, if you don't get a certain, if you, you know, and whoever gets a highest score gets first chance, you know, to, to buy these cards or like, there should be a section where like you, you, you have to pass a baseball quiz or else you're not allowed in this section. And then only the people there would like, you know, not bother you because they actually care about the game. Uh, and it's just like, God, I wish that like, if these people, like if there was any sort of justice in the, in the world, like they would, you know, they'd be like, Oh, these people care. Let's, let's, let's give them some room, you know, <laughs> like, uh, but it's just, it's so, it's so annoying. And, uh, yeah, we were just being converged upon by these, these fucking goofs, these goons. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, and the question, the question is, wouldn't even have to be that hard either. It'd be like, right. na- name one other team Lance Lynn has played for in his MLB career. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there, you would still be surprised at how few people get it right. So they, most of them wouldn't even say the White Sox because they probably don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, there were these um, the people. I guess the I think you were alluding to them before, Jack. That there was like yeah. a group of like four, like twenty somethings in front of us. Um, it was like two guys and two girls, and um, the guy. There was one guy. Um, who was wearing a Mike Stan or a Giancarlo Stanton uh, Yankees Jersey. And he was like, I don't know where the fuck he was coming from, but he was climbing over like multiple aisles of seats to get to like a spot, essentially where like where Adam Engel was sitting yep. earlier. Yep. And he climbed over these seats to get there. And like, he was having trouble getting over the seats. And uh, the guy, I think the guy who ended up taking that trio of seats who may then force those people to sit next to me, that guy said like to the guy who the Stanton guy who was struggling to get over the seats. He's like, he said something like, Hey, you need some help. Or like he put his hand out to help the guy. Cause, <laughs> oh, he, yeah. could, cause he couldn't get over the seats. And then the, the Stanton guy, he was like a, a, a young uh, guy uh, with like these skinny tight jeans. And he goes like, Oh man, these jeans tight as fuck, tight as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So that's like, he couldn't get over the seats because his jeans were tight as fuck. Um, and he had to repeat it twice. Um, uh, so I'm like, that's going in the notes. Oh man. I forgot about that too, Jeremy, the slap. So yeah, it was, uh, I think it was the guy, was it the guy who was, uh, eventually ended up talking to you? Um, I don't remember. Tell me. Okay, like, sure. Refresh my memory. But anyway, it, it was a guy, uh, it was a guy sitting to your left. And so yeah, the, the Stanton guy with the tight jeans, he was going to like fall over, but it was like they slapped hands because like oh. the Stanton guy was falling over and the guy gave him like a hand to like support him. Oh, okay. Uh, That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the the way they slapped hands was weird. Did you ever see the movie The Scorpion King? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's like The Rock and like his brother in that movie, like they slap hands with each other, like real manly, almost like uh, uh What's the movie where they they oh Predator? Again. It's in Predator, yeah. Yeah, but it's like where Carl Weathers and and Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger like slap hands and you can see their biceps. It was like that kind of <laughs> slap. And in the Scorpion King, the Rock and his brother are like, "Live free, die well." Uh, and you know that that's what they say to each other like when they part ways. 
And that that was what this slap was like. It was like this manly like slap where they were he was trying to hold Stan up uh, because his jeans were were tight as fuck. Yeah, nice. Um, that, that's good. That that was not the guy next to me. That was the guy or that I talked to. That was the guy who displaced those people. He was just like an older, like a guy in probably like his fifties or something with his like wife or girlfriend or something. Sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they just yeah he was he was just he was just one of these like you know random people who showed up in the section um, when I got up for fucking two minutes to get a hot dog. Um, but, yeah. but yeah. And then, so I don't know if this was in the same moment or later on in the game, like they, they got out of the row and they were coming back in, but there were two, the two guys, the stand guy and the other guy. And uh, they sat down, they were sitting in the aisle and then the two girls who were with them started coming into the aisle and going like, they were trying to sit like, um, I think they were trying to like, they were probably, they were trying to stagger like, Boy, girl, boy, girl. And like the girl was trying to cross over the other guy, not the Stanton guy, but the other guy. And he looked like he looked like like Tony Hawk or something. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like or like Machine Gun Kelly or something like the rapper (laughs) guy. Not the not the actual not the original Alcatraz guy, but like um, like just some like fucking like, yeah, like some sort of like, you know, metal, like new metal, like uh, but really like Florida hick kind of guy. Sure. and uh, he was like, he kind of like was, he looks exactly like Machine Gun Kelly now that I think about it. But um, he was, uh, he, the girl was trying to pass him and he was sitting like kind of, he wasn't, I guess maybe like man spread, but his like legs were out almost touching like the, the seat in front of him. Like he was really filling up the, the aisle and he wouldn't get up and move for this girl. No. And it was some sort of like fucking like, like mating ritual thing. Like he was like making her like straddle him, like. Some kind yeah. of like fucking gross like give me a lap dance sort of thing. Like he he purposely didn't move and he wanted her to crawl over him probably so he could get his jollies, you know, yeah. by like her rubbing up against him or something. And he was and he was doing it on purpose to try to be some kind of like predator or something. And like and maybe and I think he was supposed he thought he was like you know like turning the girl on or something. But he was he just looked like a complete fucking turd. He he did. Uh, it, it was definitely an alpha like move or like what, yeah. what that guy would, would think of as an alpha move. Yeah. Uh, but it was also like uh, disruptive for the people behind, behind them because Meaning the girl me. was trying to, <laughs> yeah, it, the girl was trying to get through and uh, we couldn't see anything cause she was standing up. Um, she was standing up for like, like a whole pitch. Like, um, yeah. and the guy, and she, she was like, she was kind of like, okay, move, move. And he's just standing there. Like, look, like looking at her, like fucking like staring her down. Like, like trying to like like play a game of chicken with her but meanwhile yeah like we were being blocked by this girl standing up and like um yeah they seem like the kind like that guy seemed like the kind of guy who probably would like just fucking like wail on you like if you yelled something so like i was just like fucking okay like let's 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 just wait and let this play out do you you Um, remember what you said to me no what did i say you said, uh, you said, yeah. You wonder oh, what yeah. it would be like just to hit someone in the back of the head with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, and that that started the whole uh, uh, taxi driver Martin Scorsese dialogue. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, which we don't have to go into. Uh, no, that, but yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I bet, like, yeah, you know, cave in his skull, and you know, it would bounce back <laughs> a little bit off of his skull, but it would definitely kill him. And uh, I'm like, but yeah, that that would be a great moment to utilize that 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 move, because uh, this guy was just a fucking vile piece of trash. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes yeah. he was. 
Yeah, um, maybe one of the m- my most hated guys ever for just such a short. Like he did so little to curry my my hatred, but I this guy was just a pile of trash. Yeah, he he was the Edwin Jackson of uh of of White Sox fans for sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it was just your typical White Sox uh, game, though. Just everybody, everybody was on their phones, um, just yeah. throughout the entire game. Right after this moment, I would just I looked around and like you got these misfits next to me, you got this these misfits in front of us, you got this fucking Stanton guy and Machine Gun Kelly, the the guy whose kid is smarter than him. Like, and I was just like, this is just this is White Sox baseball. And then they were all on their phones, and it's just like, this is just. Yeah, it got it got ugly there for a second. We were like we were in like the Bermuda Triangle of just like misfits. <laughs> it was weird. It turned so quickly and and it was so jarring to walk into it. Like I guess Jack, at least you saw it developing. I stepped right into it and it was just it was weird. Um but yeah, it was a mess. Um so then uh these people are still around us. I guess this is about like the sixth, seventh inning at this point. Um there was like the group of there was a group, the group of people behind us, I think it was still the original family or maybe not. I don't fucking know, but there are three people next, the three people next to us. Um, uh, the, the guy and the two girls, um, I heard them talking at some point, then they get up and they kind of like rush out of there a little bit. And so I'm like, okay, uh, maybe they're gone. Maybe they, they left in a hurry. And I heard a guy stand up and he goes like, Oh man. He's like, damn, and someone said, like, what? And he's like, man, homie took money for three beers and dipped. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, they ain't getting their money back. He ain't, they ain't getting that money back. And so apparently those three people gave money, like, I don't know, 30, 35 bucks, 40 bucks to, to some guy. And he's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to get some beers. I'll, I'll bring you back three beers. And um, he, uh, they gave him this guy money. They gave this guy money, and then he never came back. And so when I heard that, that that happened, I was just like, this is perfect. Like, wow, what great, you know, comeuppance that these people got for just for all for the nerve of, of having the nerves to sit next to me. <laughs> they deserve to, like, get $40 robbed from them. Um, but then when they get the so yeah, the guy goes, the guy goes, homie took money, homie took their money for three beers and dipped. <laughs> <laughs> and, then he, and then he goes welcome to the south side <laughs> is that what he said yeah he said welcome to the south side as uh-huh. if like you know like like that's that that like point of pride in like the trashiness like it's like oh man we're trashy and and we proved it and like i'm part of it too and hell yeah like you know yeah. like i'm gonna revel in it but it was just like oh god like what a what a shit show <laughs> So, so that happened. And then they actually came back after that. And they, I didn't hear anything about the, the, the beer or anything. I wanted to ask, um, like what, you know, what, what happened. Um, but they, they came back, but then the guy sat next to me this time. And, uh, as if the, the girl could sense in my head, like, get the fuck away from me. Um, but then the guy sat next to me and then the two girls like got up and, and disappeared. And I don't know where they were probably giving, they're like, probably gave a hundred bucks for someone to buy them a Jersey or something, and then they, <laughs> you know, and they never came back. But then this guy was by himself and this is the guy who would end up, I would end up talking to later on in the game of signifying over the, the foul ball. Um, but he kept saying like, let's fucking go, let's fucking go. And like, he was yelling that. And that little kid was still behind us. And it's just like, dude, like, fucking, where's the fucking class, man? It's like, like, 
you know, it's funny to be drunk and be stupid and to yell stupid shit. But at the end of the day, when there's like a kid there, like, it's like, just don't yell. Don't just don't yell. Don't yell out swears in front of like a little kid. It's just fucking classless. It's like, you know, that's not a big barrier. That's not a big ask to just not yell curse words in front of a little kid. But it's like, isn't that the, the fucking bare minimum that, that someone can do, like the dregs of society? Can you just not yell fuck in front of like a little kid at a baseball game? And it's like, I'm glad I'm not the dad in that situation. Um, the dad probably said like, Oh, did you hear what that guy yelled? He's a fucking beast, man. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but like, um, it's just, it was just like, it's just fucking horrible. And then like, he was like, I heard he was also yelling like, um, I think maybe one of the Yankees pitchers walked a, a white Sox player and he goes like, Oh, that boy getting nervous. That boy getting nervous. But he's like, he kept saying like, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. And it's just like, this, this is just ugly. Like, and I was like, I was getting pissed at that guy. Cause I'm like, can you just not, can you just not swear? Like, it was just like, it, it was, uh, it was just disconcerting, like in front of the little kid. Well, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the same thing as the, uh, the guy who said he was going to miss his pussy appointment if Tim Anderson didn't get a hit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, I mean, same section basically, but, yeah. uh, it might as well have just been the same guy yelling the, yelling the same stuff. Like. Just don't. How about just don't do it at a at a family event where there are a lot of a lot of kids. Yeah, I mean, there's a group of like there's a social group that you can get with and yell shit like that, and and it would be a great time. But it's like there are little kids around you, uh, you know, who don't need to hear that um, at that age. You know, I'm sure in in you know. 18 years they'll be yelling at themselves at the game but it's yeah. like let's let's at least keep up the facade that we're trying to raise these kids the right way <laughs> um so so yeah like it was just it was a mess um after let's see um uh this let's see if i can pinpoint when this was this must have been in the bottom of, this was in the midst of the the rally so the top yes. of the eighth inning yep. yep um we move we fast forward a little bit and um uh, this is deep into the Yankees rally at this, or actually, eh, it, no, it's not actually. They had only, they hadn't, they had only scored one run, I think, at this point. Or I don't even know if they'd scored yet, man. Yeah, no, I they mean... hadn't. No, you're right, you're right. They hadn't. They hadn't. They had a runner at uh, second base, um, or at f- first base with uh, one, with two outs. So yeah, actually, you're right. You're right. This was still like promising. The game was still tied. But Glaber Torres came up to pinch hit, which was cool. We got to see Glaber Torres. Um, the guys in front of us. Let's roll back to the frat guy, the uh, you know the Luke Voigt guy, and the fucking poor man's Justin Long. They're um, a couple more beers in at this point, and the guy with the glasses, the Justin Long guy, was looking at his phone, as other people were, for for a, a, the first couple batters of the inning. Right, so he missed the first two outs. He missed the walk. And at some point he just decided, it's almost like someone woke him up and he like looked up and he's like, sees like, you know, he saw like one pitch and it was a ball. Um, and he was like, throw a strike, throw a strike. And he's like apoplectic. He's like, just throw a strike. And, uh, I don't remember if I wrote this or you wrote this Jack, but it was, um, it was an O2 count. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I did. Yeah. It was. He, he started yelling it uh, when it was an 0-2 count. So after the first ball, after it became 1-2, and two, he started he started yelling this. 
He 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 yelled it as if the guy had just walked had, had walked the bases loaded yep. and then thrown three balls to the to the you know the next batter. Yeah. And he's like throw a strike, throw a strike and like it's like he he was like doing okay and then he goes like he, he keeps going and he's like he's ass. He's ass <laughs> about Glaber Torres. Like and like I mean I guess his average was kind of like low going into that game but like you know, he's yeah, a, and- He's a pretty well, decent player, but he is. And Jeremy, I, I so I looked it up because I wanted to make sure because I, I didn't think he was doing that bad. He was hitting two thirty one, yeah. Uh, but which is you know for this league, it's it's not horrible in twenty twenty two. But let let's also say too that Glaber Torres has played three full seasons. If if you don't count the pandemic year, he's played three full seasons. He's made the All Star team in two of those seasons. He made, he was an All Star in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. So maybe like it could be said that he's you know teetering on the edge of maybe being a guy who in a year or two might be ass if he doesn't turn it around. Uh-huh. But I, I think that saying that he's ass is, is quite a stretch. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if like this guy just hated Glaber Torres because he knows that he was a Cubs prospect at one point. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but it was, it was an odd, odd moment. It was like you said, he, uh, it was like he woke up from a coma or something. And cause he had, he had not been a factor or paying attention to the game at all until yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, and then he started screaming and it's almost like his screaming completely turned the game around. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah. When you look at it, it's like it, it did. Um, he, he ended up walking Glaber Torres. Then the next guy walked DJ LeMayhew. And then it kind of unraveled from there. Like just runs kind of continued to, to stream in. And uh, yeah. And all told there were seven runs uh, scored. Um, but yeah, at that point it, it hadn't even gotten ugly yet. And, no. um, and there were two outs in the goddamn inning and this yeah. guy's just going crazy. Like he, he, he got the first Kelly, Kelly got the first two outs. One of them by strikeout, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was, he walks a guy. Yeah. It was bizarre. And then it was almost like after the Glaber at bat, he like fell back to sleep. Like he didn't, he didn't yell anything after that at bat. It was, yeah, he, he was defeated. It almost like. I wonder if he saw it was able to see into the future and had seen those seven runs across <laughs> the plate or something like like Doctor Strange and the the multiverse of the shitty White Sox team or something, but um, yeah it was uh, it was it was weird yeah he at some point I think he kind of accepted his fate, um, and uh, and just kind of like just kind of cowered down into a seat. Um, about this time too, so then like I guess later on in the uh, like. Three batters later, um, Anthony Rizzo came up. So this is Anthony Rizzo's like first series back uh, in Chicago. First, I guess it was his first game back, right? Because that was the first game of the series, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was his first game back um, with the Yankees. The Yankees did play the White Sox last year, but Rizzo was out with COVID. Um, so this is his first game back in Chicago. And um, uh, speaking of comas, like maybe this guy behind us was also was in a coma since. July 30th, 2021, because I heard him go like, what? And then there was a pause and he's like, Anthony Rizzo is on the Yankees. And he's like, my mind is blown right now. And like, <laughs> and like, like he goes like, yeah, and someone's like, yeah, yeah. He got traded to the Yankees. And like, he's like, what, what? And like, he just, he had no earthly idea that Anthony Rizzo was on the Yankees. I don't know if this guy lives in like Oklahoma or something. Like, even if you were a White Sox fan, 
and you you still live in Chicago, you would still know that Anthony Rizzo got traded. I mean, like there's every scenario under the sun says you know that Anthony Rizzo got traded. I don't know unless you were in a coma. Um, yeah, to say to say nothing of the fact that you, you you'd just been at a game for three hours where Anthony Rizzo yes. had already taken like four at bats. Yes, that was his four, that was his fifth at bat of the game. Yeah, so um, that was just crazy. Like that just <laughs> this guy just stood up and like it's like it's like all right, it's like White Sox fans stand up and present yourself as an idiot. You know, one at a time, and like it was his turn. He saw like an opening, and he just he's like, "What can I say to?" out myself as an idiot. Like I'll pretend like I don't know that Anthony Rizzo has been on the Yankees for fucking like, you know, 11 months or something. And uh, yeah, just like what? And it was like, okay, well, you know, just another added to the list. Just another thing. Um, the guy, uh, let's go back to the guy in front of us, the poor man's uh, the, the low rent, uh, Justin long. Yeah. At some point after those runs did come in, he did, look to his friend Luke Voigt and did a big demonstrative, like hold his wrist out and look at his watch and point to his watch and saying like, it's time to go or it's getting late time to go. And like, it was almost like one of those things where like, you know, like, you know, a couple is at like, you know, a concert or something. And like the singer, like, you know, Brian Adams, like winks at the girlfriend and she's like into it. And then the guy's like, Hey babe, time to go. I gotta get up early. And she's like, "No, I'm having a good time." It's like, "No, come on, fuck it, we're leaving." And she's like, "No, Brian Adams just looked at me. It's like, we gotta go, damn it!" And then like he like tries to, then he like you know he he like tries to like make them leave. And 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 the other guy, why would that other guy want to leave? He's he's why would a Yankees fan want to leave that game? He was he was just fucking basking in it. Um, and so this guy gets up and just walks off. He just leaves. Uh, although he he left. And then, like, I would say, like, a minute later came back, and he's like, oh, man, no more beer. And uh, so maybe he was trying to say, like, we got to get beer, but I, I don't know. He came back, and, and this was, like, the eighth inning, so clearly there was no more beer. And he's like, no more beer. And so he sat there and was pouting, and the rest of the rally continued to happen. Um, and uh, me and Jax just started making small talk, and uh, I don't even remember how it came up, but uh, we started talking about... The, the Lakers series on HBO. Right. And I asked you like, you know, Hey, is, uh, or like, you know, have you watched that? Or you asked me if I, I think you asked me if I watched it and I said, not yet. And then those guys turn around. There's the only thing they said to us the whole game. I think they turn around. They're like, Oh, winning time. And then the guy, the Justin long guy goes like, Oh, it's worth the watch, man. It's worth the watch. And I'm like, ah, cool, man. All right. I'll check it out. You know, trying to signify with him as if like, I wasn't going to watch it unless he told me like I was, I, I was, was telling Jack like I'm gonna eventually watch it, but I just hadn't yet. Sure. And so whatever, that was it. They they turn around and then like the the the, the rally eventually came to a merciful close, and then they did actually like leave. I think. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Uh, well, I yeah I couldn't resist Jeremy. I did start watching it this. Uh, oh, know, okay. This weekend. So uh, well, he's he's not wrong. It's worth the watch. You know, it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but uh, you know, um, he wasn't wrong. Okay, fair enough. Well, at least he was right about one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, it's it's not ass, you know. So, yeah. uh, although if he would have said it was, uh, you know, he probably would have. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was wrong. Um, you made the comment uh, that after after a White Sox game, it, it's almost it's like a, a bar. Uh, it's like the lights coming on at a bar after after last call. Um, yeah. At like one forty five a.m. 
Yeah. Or, yeah. or on a Saturday at uh, 4.45 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Um, S- same yeah. thing, though, um, where it's like, you know, under the lights, like, everybody looks completely different, and it's just, yeah. like, such a sobering experience. Yeah. It was a weird, it was a weird tone because a lot of people had left. Um, the Sox have obviously just got their asses handed to them. And whoever was left was just kind of like shell shocked a little bit. And it was quiet and somber. The lights were on, like on the concourse. And like, yeah, you're just like looking, you're like making eye contact with people that you don't want to be looking at. Like maybe you, uh, you know, you try to get this girl's number, uh, you know, 10 minutes earlier. And then like, you know, she, she, she uh, uh, denied you and then you have to like leave. You have to slink out of there and like you make eye contact and it was just uncomfortable. And it, that's what it feels like if you went, if you hang around a white Sox team like that long enough and leave <laughs> after the game is over, it was weird. It was a weird vibe. Um, so we, we put our heads down and just got the hell out of there as well. Yeah, we sure did. Um, we went to the red line like we, like we usually do after these, although maybe we should start taking the green based on our last few oh, experiences. But we got, we got down to the red line, and uh, it was 15 minutes till the next train was coming, which meant that it was, that was plenty of time for uh, just the whole everybody. Stadium. The whole stadium to pack into the, uh, the White Sox red line stop. Uh, so anyway, we get in a train car, and we were actually able to sit down, which was nice. But after a couple of stops, this guy got on, and I don't know what you would call these things. So it was, it was like one of those scenarios where a guy was bringing, a, like, it wasn't a bike, but what was it? He brought it onto the train. It, it was a e-scooter. It was an yeah, electric, okay. electric scooter. All right, All right. yeah. Uh, and, you know, so you, you see him around Chicago, maybe not the suburbs so much, but, um, you know, so he had this e-scooter, uh, and, you know, everybody, not everybody, but kind of the people around him, we're, we're like looking at it and so he sits down with this big fucking e-scooter that's just like taking up half of the train car and he's like uh you know some, somebody comments on it and the guy goes oh yeah it's the best 400 dollar investment i ever made he's like this thing's reliable it's dependable um and then you 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 said to me jeremy you go yeah that's why you're on the fucking train <laughs> yeah there there was this like like unfortunate couple that was sitting next to him and um, the guy, like, uh, the guy looks at him and he's like, oh, uh, how, how fast does that thing go? Uh, or how far does, yeah, he goes, like, how fast does that thing go? And he goes, like, this bad boy goes 20 miles per hour. And, like, I thought he was, like, saying it self-deprecatingly, but he was he was trying to show off. He's like, yeah. it goes 20 miles per hour. It gets 20 miles per the charge. Um, and, yeah, and then he said, it's most reliable, dependable, whatever. And uh, And then he goes, like, yeah, it's great. And he's like. You can you can have a couple drinks on it too, and no DUI. That's what he fucking said. Like, <laughs> I didn't hear that, but that's yeah, yeah, that's fucking terrible. Yeah, and it turns out the guy was wasted too. Like he was he was pecu- he was definitely peculiar, and he it turned out he was wasted. I could tell he was fucking wasted. Um, and um, yeah, the guy was like, he's like, yeah, yeah. So the guy goes like, are you saying how far does it go or? Uh, how fast does it go? And he's like, well, both. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, 20 miles per hour uh, and it gets 20 miles per charge. And he's like, so I can go uh, from home to downtown to home, back to downtown and then back home again. And I don't even have to charge it. And uh, it's like, okay. like, but And he was talking about how nice it was. But meanwhile, he has it folded up on the train and he goes and he sits. And here's another thing that's just fucking crazy. It was a guy and a girl. They were sitting by each other. There was like one seat or there was like, one seat open, then there's like another guy. There's another poor schlub who was drinking a beer from a plastic 
bo- a cup or plastic bag and like scratching like scratch off tickets, which was just a sad sight to see. Um, and so this 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 fucking like e-scooter guy plops himself in between both parties and the guy takes the scooter and puts it like a uh, perpendicular or a parallel. He puts it parallel to the seats. So it's long ways. And he like kind of like nestles it back. So it's close to him. But the fucking handlebar is like right up against this woman's shin and her legs were kind of like folded back. So like she had nowhere to move her legs. And this guy pinned her in with his fucking e-scooter. That's so fucking great and convenient, even though like it's fucking like, like, you know, pinning this poor fucking woman and she can't move an inch or else she's going to hit her shin against the scooter. And he's talking about how great it is. It's like, yeah, it's so fucking great. Like it fucking inconveniences everyone on the fucking train. Um, and so not only that, but the guy was a fucking weirdo creep guy. <laughs> like his face. Um, Jack, you made the point of saying he had like a very punchable face. He did. Yeah. Like he, he had resting like punch face like he had like a just a, sm- a smirk on his face he, he almost he, he looked like the main character from futurama or something oh uh, yeah fr- yeah 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 he did he had like this weird yeah pointy face yeah like, like, yeah yeah that's a good call like if if yeah fry was like a human being like what would he look like in real life that's actually a really good uh and ana- like you know analogy that's like that's totally what he looked like but Fry maybe looks like kind of like a goofy, lovable kind of guy. This guy looked like he looked like Fry if Fry was a human and like a villain in an 80s like frat boy movie. Yes. Um, but so the guy was drunk. He was wearing short shorts again. Yeah. Um, he had a thigh tattoo. Yeah. And it was, was it weird. was a, it was a strange like thigh tattoo as well. Yeah. Like, it was like a it, it was like a mouth with a tongue sticking out of it or something. You couldn't it was like quite. A t- yeah, it was, it was like a tribal tiki face or something. But yeah, it had like a mouth like, yeah, and it had like a tongue sticking out of it. It was it was off putting. Um, and then he was with this guy. I got the vibe that he was like, this guy was like a restaurant worker, like a busboy or a cook or something. Um, I don't think he spoke English and they were communicating with each other through their phone. Like they must have had like the Google Translate app and they were like sending messages back to each other. So the guy would like type a message in. And then the fucking e-scooter guy would look at him and be like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then he'd, like, send something else, and he'd be like, oh, no, 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 not even, man, no. And it was just, like, it was a weird thing. And, like, the guy looked like he was with him. Like, and he looked like his little buddy. But, like, also the guy was, like, in his, like, late 50s, and this guy was, like, maybe in his, like, early 30s, late 20s or something. It was yeah. a weird vibe, the e-scooter it, guy. It, it was. Uh, and then... I think to top it all off, just the coup de grace that this uh, this guy with the e-scooter, he, he had a big cube in his pocket. <laughs> An undefined, undiscernible, like undecipherable cube. Like, yeah. So again, these thin, short shorts. And imagine sticking like a cube, like a fucking Rubik's cube in it, uh, in the pocket. And it was just like protruding through his pocket. And it was just a weird scene, man. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, Jeremy, uh, after that guy got off the train, you said you just, you know, you see all levels of, of human depravity on like when you go to a White Sox game. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I almost think that. And so after the game, we got off the train and we uh, we walked through Wrigleyville to get a drink at the G-Man Tavern, which is just a little bit north of Wrigley Field. And then, of course, it was, you know, midnight going through Wrigleyville and, and Jeremy, you said, uh, yeah, talk about going through the seven layers of hell. 
<laughs> like you you, st- you start uh, on, at the red line game at the red line at a White Sox game, and you end like walking through Wrigley Field at at midnight, uh, just on a night where there's a bunch of douchebags out. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting journey for sure. The whole the whole night the whole night was a was an interesting one. It, it was it was um, yeah, and, and some of it was self imposed. Uh, yeah, the walk to the bar um, <clears throat> through Wrigleyville is. Yeah, not we were like walking through Wrigleyville. We started at the bottom, like and walked through it, and got through to the end where our where like the um yeah the bar that the least offensive bar in the Wrigleyville area is, um and uh yeah had a couple had, had a couple of drinks to celebrate the foul ball, uh, yeah. at the at the bar someone else asked Jack about his fucking ball and like he was like the man of the hour there. Yeah, uh, when, when you catch a foul ball at a game, man, you're somebody, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, um, however, however brief a moment. Yeah, you had your you had your moment in the sun there. Um, so it was uh yeah it was an it was an interesting night. Um, you know, the, and you know after all that like is when Jack caught the foul ball. So to put to put it in a little perspective, after the the what Anthony Rizzo's on the Yankees, after the yep. seven runs, after the glasses guy leaves, that's when Jack fucking finally got that foul ball. So that was in the top of the ninth. It's like all of that stuff happened. Then he got the foul ball, uh, but we couldn't bury it that late in the uh, in the podcast. So just imagine that wild ride, and then that foul ball happens. It was just a, it was just a weird and wild night. It, it was, it was, but it was a, it was a good one. And we actually, we actually have another game coming up this week on Thursday night. It's gonna be Cubs Diamondbacks. The Cubs games aren't usually as ruckus, but it should be good. Um, and we'll probably see a good pitcher for the uh, D backs. And I think we oh. might. I think Kyle Hendricks. Might be pitching for the Cubs too. <laughs> we, we are, yeah. He's, yep. He's he's slotted in to pitch for the Cubs, so yep. that'll be I think the ninth game we see we've seen of him. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, crazy at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, you know that was the White Sox game. We've had two in a row. Um, I think we might be able to get one more. I'm going to be uh, out of town, out of the country, actually, coming up at the end of May. So we're we're trying to squeeze as many games in as possible. I'll only be gone like a week and a half, but. Um, you know, definitely probably like two weeks there where we won't be able to get to a game. So we're trying to front load it here a little bit, uh, for you. So I think we're going to, we're going to try to do two more games actually, but we'll see about that second one. Um, but hopefully we can get one, one more fucking ridiculous white Sox experience. Um, real quick, Jack, uh, I, I mentioned it before. This is a off topic of the game. Um, I did go to the South bend yesterday or Saturday, um, to see South bend versus the Fort Wayne tin caps. Um, waited around, uh, like any gra- good grapher would do, got some, uh, Cubs prospect autographs, Jack. And one of the guys I got was, um, <clears throat> first round draft pick of the Padres acquired in the U Darvish trade, Owen Casey, mm. uh, for the Cubs. Um, I think he's the, um, hmm, let's see. I think he's like the ninth rated, the ninth ranked prospect, uh, in the Cubs system right now. So he's with South Bend, which is high A. Um, and um, Owen Casey was actually in camp with the Cubs uh, this, this spring. Um, but uh, they started him in, uh, in A ball. And um, he, he started off a little slow. He's doing better now. Um, but uh, he had a good game on Saturday. And uh, I waited around to get his autograph. He comes out. Um, and, like, the, the whole time I was there waiting with the Cubs – there were no other autograph hounds there. It was just me, which is odd. And actually kind of made me feel a little self-conscious. And it was also kind of a bummer because 
a lot of times you can ask someone like, hey, is this uh, this guy? Is this that guy? Um, and so there were some guys who I wanted to get who I thought were the guy, but I didn't want to go up to them and be wrong or ask them their name. So I kind of missed out on some guys because no one else was there getting autographs. Um, but Owen Casey's like a big, tall, redhead kid with like like pale skin. So like he, you know, definitely can spot him. So at this point, Casey was one of the last people to come out. Um, at this point, two of the autograph guys or three of the autograph guys came over and like, we've talked about the autograph guys before. Some are cool. Some are nerdy. Some are fucking just downright fucking dogs and like scumbags. Um, this one guy came over and I think this guy was at Beloit, um, when we were there last season, Jack, but he came over and he was drinking a beer. He he had a Bud Light tall boy and he's standing out out in the stadium on the sidewalk, which is, you know, I don't think he's supposed to be drinking a beer out there. Um, but Owen Casey comes out and the guy asks, I get his autograph. Then the one guy, the guy with the beer asks him for an autograph. He's like, Hey, could you sign this one? And he's like, and could I request something? And he's like, yeah, sure. And uh, he's like, can you sign this one to Ed? And he's like, okay. And he's like, that's my boss. And so it's like, okay. So he's getting an Owen Casey autograph for his boss, Ed or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he goes like, Oh yeah. And one more thing. He's like, can you shotgun a beer with me? And like Owen Casey's like what like yeah, and he's like yeah, I don't know man you know you know, shotgun a beer with me and he goes the guy and Owen Casey says to him he's like I can't do that man he's like I'm 19 years old <laughs> and he's and he's like what and he's like yeah he's like how old did you think I was and he's like I didn't know man he's like yeah man I'm 19 I can't do it and he's like oh well hey man if you can't do it you can't do it all right man and like Owen <laughs> Casey like walks away and the guy's like oh man and I'm like. You fucking degenerate, man. It's like, not only are you a fucking piece of trash that's drinking like a beer outside of the stadium while you're getting autographs from these players, but now you're trying to fucking corrupt the fucking number six or number nine prospect in the Cubs organization. Like, what if he did drink the fucking beer with you? And what if he got busted? He would have got suspended by the team and it would have affected his fucking development. Like, that would have been like 10, 15, 30, whatever games that where he couldn't play because he got fucking suspended for shotgunning a beer with you. You fucking freak. So like, what the hell is going on here? Like these people are affecting the lives of these players. They're affecting their like earning ability. It's fuck. And their development as, as, as prospects. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, that, that'd be like, or, or it's like a, a case where the Sim, you, know, you ever see that Simpsons episode where Homer goes into space and like Barney, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barney's like going to be the one. And then he, he's completely on the wagon and then he drinks like one non-alcoholic beer and then he <laughs> falls off of it. Be like, yeah. yeah, like Owen Casey just turns into a, you know, a fucking drunk because he shotguns one beer with this guy and his career is just ruined, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think like society has lined up a little bit on like, like pot smoking, but like, you know, they're like prospects who had like you know substance abuse problems uh that you know derailed their careers and it's like yeah you don't need this i mean I'm, and i'm sure own casey probably drinks uh you know on his own like in the privacy of his of, of his home or his teammates homes or whatever but it's like he doesn't need to be shotgunning a beer with you on the sidewalk uh at 19 years old um when he's like the ninth ranked prospect in the cubs organization it was fucking it was just whacked that's uh that's hilarious, Jeremy. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like Jordan Wicks would would shotgun a beer though, you know. Um, I think I think any of them would, but just not like <laughs> in public like that. Yeah, not yeah. with this degenerate. And, that's and not that's, with that guy, especially. No, yeah. <laughs> no maybe with uh, you know um, El McPherson or something. 
<laughs> yeah, what are what are you like? Fifty five years old? <laughs> I, just, I know. I just wanted to say Al McPherson. Uh, um, that's that's good. I think that's a good place to end it. I think so too. Well, yeah, we'll wrap it up then. Um, All right, nice. Uh, for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Swakowski. and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Yeah, check out the social media folks at Rain Delay Pod, and we will see you next time. Later. Later.